When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, everybody, to The Basement Binge. My name is Harrison, and if you are new here, welcome. Uh, Hopefully you enjoy this episode. I'd appreciate your feedback. Anyway, let's get into the episode. Um, Today, this review is all about the 2018 movie Shadow. So quick synopsis of a few details about the film, and then we'll get into our two cents. Just jumping into it super quickly here. So Shadow is a 2018 movie, a Chinese movie, um, directed by Yimao Zhang. Zhang, probably totally mispronounced it. Um, he's a director that's pretty famous for the movie Hero, House of Flying Daggers, and Curse of the Golden Flower, which are all phenomenal films. Um, that I didn't know he was the director of House of Flying Daggers, which is the only other film of his that I've seen, which is phenomenal. Um, I saw it forever ago in like junior high in my uh, Chinese class. Anyway, it was like my first introduction into this type of movie, and it was mind blowing. Anyway, so. Uh, Shadow, it's a wuxia Chinese action movie, um, you know, a drama, war film. It's great. So I don't want to say much else because I just want to get into it. Uh, we're keeping it spoiler free. I'll let you know if you haven't seen this film before and you want to avoid spoilers, I will let you know when those spoilers are coming. So you can pause the episode, go watch the movie and come back to it later. Um, but for this two cents, totally keeping it spoiler free. So let's immediately just jump into the two, two cents. So... What the two cents is, is it's my initial knee-jerk, and again, spoiler-free reaction to the film, just kind of talking about my experience watching it, why I wanted to watch it, and just kind of giving you my initial reaction, what I just think about it, just letting it all come out simply without too much form. Um, so this film, Shadow, has been on my mind specifically because, or specifically ever, Shadow has been on my mind to watch, and I've been, it's been on my you know, kind of immediate watch list in my mind ever since watching um, the remake of Mulan. Um, the reason for that being is because Mulan, say about it what you will, there are parts of it that I enjoyed, but I felt really disappointed by it because of the high expectations I had for Mulan to be like a great wuxia film. And then it wasn't, and I was wanting to see one. And this film has been a Blu-ray that's been on my shelf for a long time that I bought on a sale because the cover looked cool. So I've been wanting to watch it because I haven't seen it. And then it would just kind of fit what I was in the mood for after watching Mulan. So I finally got around to it and I watched it today. and had my mind blown. It was great. So yeah, let me kind of give you my reactions to it. Uh, it. I will say that it was a little weird jumping into this genre that I'm still kind of new to. 
um, and how differently the story is told. And also with it being an original film, um, it was kind of hard for me to like feel like I understood anything and feel like I knew the world. And, and that's just part of a, watching a new movie for the first time. You, it takes a while to know the characters in their world and what's going on and all the emotions connected to it. And, and you, you, it takes a while for you to kind of get your senses and orient yourself within the film that you're watching, especially when it's an original film that you have no connections to whatsoever. But you quickly kind of overcome that and that you know, I understood pretty quickly. And then you realize that there's even some things you don't need to understand because this movie just looks epic. Like you get this black and white with only like the hints of like yellow and tan and like skin colors coming through and candlelight. And that's it. And it like, it just looks epic. And then even you do understand it. And it, then it like kind of like takes a step up with like the, the deceit that's going on. And then it's all just to climax with blade umbrellas. Like that's, that's the film is bladed umbrellas. And I don't know, like when you get to that point, it doesn't matter if you don't understand anything at all going into that point. It doesn't matter if you're totally lost. There's bladed umbrellas and they're fighting with them and it's epic and it's choreographed well, it's shot well, it's edited well and it just, it just looks incredible and the style and art behind those fight scenes and the, the action side of it, if you will, isn't phenomenal and totally worthwhile on its own. But then on top of that, you get the emotional fight scenes you know these these fights these conflicts that are motivated by a lot more than just having a fight scene in the movie that they're um about style but more importantly than style they have an emotion driving the conflict and driving the revolution or the resolution of that conflict and also how it progresses the story altogether. it's it's not just there on its own it, it feels meshed in and in doing that it's so stylized and when i say stylized I mean, it's easy to always talk about like oh films having long takes or not being edited and you know not being cut in certain ways and yeah that's definitely part of it but it's also like how this film uses those things and doesn't use those things in a great way it cuts to interesting angles that aren't you know straight up in the action where you're seeing everything it has slow motion that's totally stylized it has water falling and it has bladed umbrellas (laughs) like you just have to understand the amount of just style for lack of better words that went into it um yeah so something else about this film that like really blew me away is i was like totally convinced that it was over like i was ready to get off the couch and start working on this episode recording it and then the story keeps going and there, there's parts of it that follow the the typical beats of a wuxia film that i should have seen coming but i didn't and so although i thought it was over it just kept going this story had more things to tell and allowed itself to tell those things and allowed the story to go beyond just a boss fight in the rain so to speak as epic as a boss fight in the rain is and i've mentioned that thing before so not to spoil anything but that there is a boss fight in the rain and it's awesome but the film allows itself to go beyond bladed umbrellas bladed but the film allows itself to go beyond bladed umbrella boss fights in the rain it's great that part's epic totally worth the watch for that reason alone but it also excels in the other areas as well so yeah, that's the two cents about the movie Shadow. Uh, if that interests you, you should definitely watch it. So, on to Pick Your Poison. Here at the Basement Binge, the Pick Your Poison is our rating scale where the film is rated on how we would treat it after watching it this time for the episode. So whether never watching it again, which is the lowest ranking you can receive, a step above that is to stream it. If it was on a streaming service you were already a part of, you 
or just wait, looking for something to watch to fill your time. You're browsing through Netflix and you see it there. You're going to click on it, so to speak. Above that is rent. You would seek it out and be willing to pay a few dollars for it in a given moment. Top of the list, obvious, you buy it, you know, pay the full price so you can watch it more than once. You know you're going to watch it a few times. So for me, my personal rating, my poison that I'm picking, if you will, is somewhere in between a rent and a buy. I know in the right setting that I'm going to watch this again. And I would, if I didn't own it, I would be willing to pay a few dollars for it. You know, not, maybe not on my own. Like if I was on my own, I was like, oh, I want to watch Shadow. And I saw there was a few bucks. I'd be like, ah, maybe I'll watch something else. But if I was with like a group of individuals who I knew I was, would enjoy it or I was really in the mood for it, it would be worth a few dollars I would spend. So for that reason, I could also lean towards a buy because I know I'm going to watch it again. I know I want to share it with people, but it's just not as strong as others. And although I know I'll revisit it, it's just not going to be as often as others. Um, I mean, I do own it because I bought it when it was on sale at Best Buy for the reason alone that the cover looks great. If you want, you can go to the Basement Binge Instagram. There's a picture of the cover because it just like, it just looks so good. And it was just so inviting to a 4K Blu-ray that was on a great deal. And the cover alone, I was like, you know what? This film, just by the style of it, deserves to have a 4K Blu-ray that I watch for the visuals alone. And that is still true. Having watched it, it's true. I mean, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, and you shouldn't judge a movie by its slipcover, but I did, and it was worth it, and it paid off great. Yeah, that's my poison. Somewhere in between a rent and buy. I, yeah. I don't know. Still kind of undecided because the rewatchability is there. Uh, it's just not as strong as other films. And that's just personal taste at this point. Not quality of Alan or anything like that. So, all right. Future Harrison jumping in here super quick. I forgot something. I forgot to mention something. I was so excited to talk about Blade Umbrellas. I forgot to mention something. Um, as you guys know, there's a lot of changes going on here at the Basin Binge. I'm going from three hosts to now just me. It's, it's a big change. It's exciting. Lots of great things happening. But I want you guys' help in deciding what you guys want to hear. So there's a survey. Um, it's going to be linked in the description, the very, very top of the description. If you click on that, um, it's going to take you to the survey. It's two questions long, just very, very simply, just kind of voting on what you want to have me review next, what the schedule should look like. And anyways, it uh, is a two-question survey. It's very, very simple. Uh, the first one is just voting on what you guys want to hear me review next, what the schedule should be like. And then other than that is seeing what you think about the format, uh, how it should change up. Maybe it should just stay the same. Anyway, it's a super short survey. I would love your guys' help um, in that. I'm going to keep it open for a little bit um, while I go through these movies that I'm just kind of enjoying for the heck of it. I'd love your guys' help there. Anyway, check it out. Back to the episode. Um, yeah, if you have not seen this film and you do not want anything spoiled, the spoiler wall is coming down, which means get out of here, pause the episode, come back later, please finish it. We've got a lot of other great things to talk about, especially if you've seen this film, talking about it is incredible. So if you haven't seen it, pause it. In the US, it's on Netflix. You can go stream it for, on Netflix. Uh, watch it, have a great time, be blown away, and come back and let's finish talking about it. Moving right along to binge points. So these are, you know, unconsequential, just details, Easter eggs, things that we notice that don't have an extreme bearing on the impression or our like or dislike of the film, but are just cool details in it that are great to acknowledge. Um, and I would be ashamed of myself if I didn't first acknowledge the 
visuals of this film. So like I mentioned earlier, it's pretty much black and white um, with rare exceptions like candlelight, skin tones, um, blood. That's like pretty much it that's not black and white. Um, and it's, I thought it would annoy me, but it doesn't. Like, and, and I can't say why it fits, but it just, it just fits. Um, I mean, you can look at the still photos on IMDb and other places where you can see like a full color version of what was filmed. And it, I mean, it looks amazing. The colors are, are wonderful. But the choice to go with black and white, it's almost like an acknowledgement of Chinese calligraphy and the way that those are written with like whites and blacks and grays and like the art behind that, which I have no understanding of whatsoever. But I can just kind of like recognize the connection between the two. And I think it's cool. And it works really, really great. The other visuals of it is the cinematography, the way the camera moves, the way that um, the, the framing, the composition, lighting, color, the blocking of actors, the action and the blocking and choreography and the action fight scenes, like the slow motion when it's used at times. Like it, it just all, every moment of this movie just looks incredible. There's not a moment where I was like, wow, this is just just top-notch cinematography, blocking, directing, all of those things that if you just literally frame by frame looked at it, it you would be impressed because it's just so phenomenal. Um, other details is the music in this film is incredible. I'm not like a particular fan of this style of music and like I was impressed with how impressed I was by it. Um, I'm going to say it's a Chinese style of music. They call them zinthers in the movie. I don't know if that's what the actual instrument is, but it, when you think about Chinese music, you know, like ancient Chinese music, it's, that's what it sounds like. And it was actually really, really exceptionally good in the way that it drives emotion in the film, the way that any film score does, but also just on its own, like how it sounded. It was phenomenal. Uh, and that was really great. The other small detail, like the only like true binge point that I noticed in the film, and this is a spoiler. Again, spoilers are coming. The practice Tai Chi Yin Yang thing that they fought on, the commander and the shadow, which I'm going to refer to them as to avoid confusion. There are a bunch of broken staffs and umbrellas in the background. So you can tell that they've done this many, many, many times. Which is really great and just cool detail so yeah those are all the bench points i mean my first watch you're getting so much involved in the great story and the great action it's hard to notice a lot of bench points so that's all i've had so moving on this is going to be quick on to least and likes this is going to be where a large portion of the conversation is going to be because now i can talk about spoilers and i can kind of go back and revisit some of those things i mentioned in two cents with spoilers so let's start first with my least. I talked about how you really just kind of like jump in, like you are just in the story when it starts and it takes a while to get acquainted with what's going on. And while I appreciate the film for that, and I, I know that it's intentional and it's really gr good storytelling and well handled. The runtime for this movie, to give you a specific number, it's under two hours. Um, it's an hour and 56 minutes, just short of two hours. And you also got the credits in there. Um, so it's a pretty jam-packed film. There's a lot of emotional 
progression and complication and character deceit and arcs and story and more deceit and more lies and more backstabbing, literally, and blade umbrellas and well-choreographed slow-mo fight scenes in the rain with bladed umbrellas. Like, there's just a lot going on here. And you feel like you don't have a chance to breathe sometimes. The, the characters, specifically, and their emotions don't have a chance to breathe. Like, they're, they're just so quick. Uh, they're not as gripping um, as the other things. And it's not that they're not there. The performances are exceptional. The story is really f- driven by emotion, particularly the emotion of loyalty and deceit, if you want to call those emotions. Um, but the way that those emotions affect an individual and how their decisions are based on that. Like, that's the focus of the story, but everything is just so quick. You know, there's a moment where the commander, so again, just to be clear, when I say the commander, I'm talking about the actual commander, and when I say the shadow, I'm talking about the shadow, just to make it clear for everybody. So when the commander is, like, so dead set on having revenge against General Yang, and you just, like... Almost like you you need to feel the agony that he felt felt, and it's it it just doesn't feel as strong. It's just it it almost feels a little bit. I I don't want to say this because I love these movies, but I'm just gonna say it. It feels a little bit James Bondy, where the bad guy's bad because, and the good guy's good because, and they fight each other because good fight bads. Like it it almost feels like that, but it's definitely not written that way. The emotion. And, and the decision-making of these characters is there, and it's, it's fleshed out, but it, it just is so quick that you don't have a chance to breathe it in. And another example is the king. The whole movie, I was convinced that he was just an idiot who was just ready to get duped by the commander's incredibly deceitful and well-thought-out plan. But then he's not an idiot. Like, he actually knows what's going on, and he has his own plan full of deceit and lies and backstabbing and twists and turns but then he gets duped anyway. And it like, it just happens all so quickly. And like, there's never a moment where I really had a chance to like soak in that the King knew what he was doing. And he had a plan. Like he just felt like he was an idiot who like claimed to have a plan. And then he was an idiot again. Cause he just like got stabbed in the back. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like the only emotion that was really, really strong from the King was arrogance. And I think that maybe there was more to, I don't think there is more to him that's written there. But it just happens so quickly that, like, that's kind of the, what you're left with is just stupid arrogance. There's another scene with a flute that's actually really important and really pivotal in the story. Um, it's essential to how it progresses and, like, the, the victory of the, the um, Pei kingdom. But it happens so quick that, like, I, f- I totally forgot about it what was happening, that that even existed until I was reading through my notes and I talked and I wrote down the flute. I was like, a flute? What the heck was that? And like, I had to remember, and that is a huge moment that is motivated by these, this deep loyalty and connection that these two warriors share that isn't like explored. It's just like, you just kind of accept it as is. And like, that's motivating what they're doing. And then you move on to it, to something else. And there's a part of me that wants to defend it with something I frequently do, like, well, what story are you intending to tell? Like, this story isn't about those two warriors and their relationship and the loyalty they share. Like, it's an, it's an important part for how the story, the action, if you will, progresses, but 
The real story here is these other individuals and the emotion and the deceit and the heartbreak and the shadow and the light and all those things that we'll get into a little bit more. And I definitely know it was intentional by the director's choice. Like, he knows what he's doing. He knows what story he's trying to tell. He knows what type of film he's trying to make. But I don't think he meant to rush anything. And I, I think that the emotion was intended to be felt. But it just was so quick for me that I couldn't really soak it in. So maybe that will change on, on repeat watchings, but it, it just was really quick. Um, that was a long tangent about my least favorite thing. So it wasn't one particular moment. It was just kind of like the whole feeling that, that every character's emotion um, was hard to take in so fully. Um, you kind of just like accepted it for what it is and like moved on to something else quickly. Anyway, on to likes, my favorite part of the movie. And you already guessed it, it's the bladed umbrellas. Like, what else is it going to be? If you know anything about this movie, that's the best part. The best part is when there's a guy, when, when you know, this is just funny to say it this way. The, the best part is when there's a guy who's fighting somebody else with a saber. But this guy whips out an umbrella and it shoots blades off a spinning umbrella. And it's not just him. He's got a full Trojan horse ship yin-yang thing that a bunch of them swim out of with like ancient Chinese scuba gear and climb into the city. And they've all got bladed umbrellas that shoot out spinning blades. But not only that, they get on them like a bunch of tops and cocoon themselves in it and spin out the city after they slingshot themselves with the bamboo. And they're shooting crossbows off their wrists like... A gauntlet. It's just, it's like, oh my gosh. The creativity and like just genuine enjoyment I had in that moment was just, it was phenomenal to just, I don't know. I felt like I was a kid and I had my toys out. I was like, what's the most extreme fight that these guys can get in? Like, let's just take it to a ridiculous level. And I'm just like pulling things out of this mix, Max. I'm like, you know what? These guys are going to be on tops and they're going to go through the city. And like you say it like that, it almost feels like a little childish and a little dumb. But in the film, it, like it's so real and it's so grounded that it, it's phenomenal. It's so well done and so well told and so well so wellly. Wow, great English, Harrison. It's so it's it's told so well that it's believable, but it's so much fun. Um, that was my favorite part, and that's a really dumbed down way of saying it. Um, but I just loved. The action scenes, the the fighting was great. Every single time watching the movement in that Tai Chi Yin Yang, you know, diagram, both the one, the practice one and the one on the bamboo, like it was just so stylized. It was so quick and so slow and, and at all the right ways. Um, and it was interesting and it was full of twists and turns. It wasn't just good guy versus bad guy somebody wins like it was a challenge and it was motivated by complexity and emotion and people's imperfections in their emotions and in their focus going into the fight and how it affects things like it was just so well choreographed and edited and filmed and it it's really is the highlight of this film in every way and pretty much how most wuxia films are um and like the fight scenes don't exist in a vacuum outside of the characters' abilities and intellect and emotions, and it's really great. And it's 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 uh, interesting to see stories told through the format 
of a well-choreographed fight scene. I love seeing that. It's exciting for me. And then you get Beyblades coming down the city <laughs> with people. Like It just takes it to a whole nother level of just pure enjoyment. Obviously my favorite part. I can't say enough good about it. It was awesome. So last but not least, let's move into Fall In. Talking about the meaning of this film, the themes or, th- or messages that I pulled away from it. Um, specifically the ending. I didn't know where to talk about this. I don't have a particular meaning that I pulled from that particularly applies to me, but there's a lot of really interesting things that I loved about the ending that I kind of wanted to dissect and pull out. So the ending of the film is also the beginning of the film. Um, And if you haven't seen it in a while, the film starts with these, not title cards, but words (laughs) on the screen coming up and almost like giving you like, um, some initial explanation of the film. Um, And so I'm just going to read through them super quick. I wrote it all down. Over the course of decades, three rival kingdoms fought for control of a great walled city. The city changed hands many times. All three kingdoms put their best fighters forward in the decisive battle. Yan's master swordman dealt Pei's commander a crushing blow that nearly killed him. Then the next frame. Yan and Pei then joined forces and defeated their common enemy. They agreed to send Yan's master swordman and, and an elite force to set up defense and guard the city. Peace has finally come to the walled city, but in the twisted shadows of the remote Pei Palace, something dark is brewing. Our story begins as Madame, wife of the great commander of Pei, faces the most difficult choice of her life. And then the first visual frame of the movie that you get is Madame, the wife of the commander, running up to a door, panting with like... You can tell she's scared with intense music playing. She runs up to a door and kind of looks through like a crack or a keyhole. And as a light shining on a part of her face, as she looks through it and kind of pauses and is going through some decision making. And then the movie starts. And then you get to the end of the movie and that same thing happens and you finally understand what it was that was happening in that moment. And the movie first ended and I was like, what? Like that's where it ends because I forgot that that was a shot at the beginning. Like, the interesting thing is the whole movie, I remember that there was a shot at the beginning and I kept waiting for it to come back, but I couldn't remember what it was, but I thought, as soon as it's on screen, I'm going to recognize it because it was, it was at the beginning. It must have been important. And then it was on screen and I totally forgot. Um, until I rewinded the movie just so I could write down those initial title things um, so I could talk about them. And I actually, I rewinded a little too shortly and I saw that opening scene. I was like, oh yeah. And it like, it all clicked for me. Um, because for a moment as I, as I sat there before I rewinded, I sat there with the titles rolling, the music playing, processing the film like I love to do. Um, and I, my first initial thought that I had was this is almost like the progression of the shadow. Because in that final moment, Madame, she goes through a lot. So the shadow, who she obviously has sympathy for and, and a love for, and a little bit of a romantic tension with, that she believes is dead, suddenly comes back and he's alive. And so that's crazy that he survived the fight miraculously. And the king dismisses everybody and then kills somebody in front of her and kind of reveals that he knew everything going on, all, everything going on the whole time and that he had his own plan of deceit and he kind of like walks around with his sword next to them. And you have no idea what's going to happen. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, is he going to kill both of them the whole time? And then a guard shows up 
and stabs the king in the back, and it turns out that the guard is actually her real husband, the commander, who is alive, and that he fought off two assassins so he could get there. And he goes on some crazy rant, and then he tries to kill Shadow, but Shadow sees it coming, so he saves himself and ends up killing the commander, who he then frames as the murder of the king, and it's like, oh my gosh, this poor lady. She's just watching this all happen, sadly, that she was involved in, because she loved somebody who was full of revenge. Um, and then she has this interesting moment where a Shadow, or the Shadow, has a bag of, you know, we're going to call it ointment, so to speak, a healing ointment that she gave him to dress his wound that he was given as part of the deceit that he held on to as like a token of that kindness that he gave her. And he gives it back to her, almost like a moment of connection or almost trying to comfort her, if you will. And then he goes outside and tells his lie and like claims that he's going to be the king now, pretty much, you can assume. And then she like runs up to the door like, oh my gosh. And I, and I, my initial thought going back to it was that she is, it's the transition of the shadow. She is now in the dark watching through a crack, seeing other people move a plan that she is a part of, but is not necessarily essential to. She's a key part of it, but she's not essential. And it's almost like watching people move her on this chessboard of a game. Um, and that was kind of the initial thing, and it kind of felt weak, and I was like, well, that, like, it's almost there, but not quite. And then I remembered the first scene and how it's the last scene and how the words right before it say, our story begins as Madame, wife of the great commander Pei, faces the most difficult choice of her life. And that was really interesting. The story begins there. She can choose to go out and play along and pretend to be the wife of the commander. Or she can reveal it all and possibly be killed because of being involved in the death of the king. Like, it's, it's a difficult situation to be in. Um, and it's a very, very difficult choice. Um, but I thought it was interesting how, he's, how specifically the words say, our story begins as this is happening. Like, what about the last two hours of the movie you just watched? Is that not the story? The story's beginning here. And I think it's interesting to contemplate how, like, it, it's interesting to contemplate how there's things continually moving in our life. Everybody has their chess game that they're playing, so to speak. You always have almost like the heroes and villains talk about how they're, they're playing people like chess pieces, and some people are pawns or whatever. And how we move these chess pieces on our board trying to win our, our battles. Um, and some of those chess, people, chess pieces that we move are people um, to some extent, uh, especially if you're on the game Survivor. <laughs> and uh, it, it's interesting how we are sometimes in the shadow and left watching within that movement, but how the story begins with us recognizing that movement and making a choice for ourselves. Um, there's a lot in the world that acts upon us, and the story is interesting, and this, the true story is when we choose to act for ourselves within those moments, even as the world continues to act upon us, we can move ourselves. You know, we can walk off the entire board if we want, or we can go on a rampage and kick everybody else off. You know, it's getting a little too deeply into the analogy here of a chessboard. Um, 
But it's just interesting how that is the story that's being told is, is a difficult decision. Um, it's also fun to just kind of contemplate. You can read through those, those initial titles, as I'm going to call them, about the film, and you can almost say that like they're describing the events of the film and not so much like the history that happens before the events of the film, because it could be either one. Um, it's just very, very interesting to contemplate. And I, I, I love to hear what everybody thinks. Um, on social media, there's going to be a post with this episode coming up. You can comment on all of those, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can send me an email. That's listed in the description as well. Or you can just comment um, on whatever podcast uh, source you're listening to if it has that option. Um, and I'll try and find it, see what you guys have to say about this as well. Because I'm interested to think what you guys think about the ending and also what you think about that introduction. Um, yeah, it's interesting how that's the story. You know, pieces finally come, but at what cost? And that's the story now, is this piece that came with extreme cost. What choices are we going to make? Um, I also just wanted to address one other thing. Was There was a quote that was said by the commander to the shadow at one point when they were practicing. He said, your mind's elsewhere. A distracted mind means shaky breath. Shaky breath means no firm step. How will you survive without firm steps? And like that definitely applies to a battle with a saber and a bladed umbrella. Like That's totally necessary. But at the same time, it's interesting in life, especially as we talk about being a chess piece on this board and how we have to move confidently. Um, you know, and if we're focused on other things, which is so easy to do, I'm so easily distracted, especially with this little phone I have in my pocket. Oh my gosh, what an addictive thing that is. And a distracted mind ultimately leads to steps that aren't firm. And it's interesting because as we plow our course through this life, trying to act instead of be acted upon, those movements take firm, planted, secure steps because there's forces trying to move those steps somewhere else um, and take us off course. And it's just fascinating for me to contemplate um, the relationship of all of these individuals in this story and how it progresses afterwards. Um, but also my own story. How am I going to move forward with firm steps? Or are my steps firm at all? Because is my mind somewhere else? It probably is most of the time. Um, but yeah. The most part, I watched this movie because it had bladed umbrellas. That's the real reason. I mean, I can sit here in the Fallen segment and, and try to suck out all this deep meaning from it. And it's fun to do that. But I enjoy this movie because it had bladed umbrellas and people got on them like tops and cocooned themselves in it and slid down the city with gauntlet, you know, uh, crossbows on their wrists and it was epic and there was a fight scene with a saber and a bladed umbrella with like a slow-mo spin and rain and water flying and it, it was epic and it was fun to watch the epicness in black and white you know with uh, the most interesting color grading ever that is really stylistic and it's just fun to watch and that's why i watched it and i had a great time and if you haven't seen it and you've listened this far you should go watch it anyway because it really is epic and there's bladed umbrellas. Like what more do I need to say for you to go watch this? Bladed umbrellas that they spin on like tops. Um, and again, it's on Netflix in the US. I don't know about other regions, but here in the US, this is on Netflix. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening to The Basin Binge. If you are new here, I appreciate you listening to this whole episode. Thanks for hearing me out. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, I would appreciate it if you could subscribe. Download some other episodes. I've got a bunch. 
Pick one, download it. Let me know what you think about it. Leave a review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. I would really, really appreciate that. That helps out the show. Of course, all these things I mentioned are linked below, but really, just continue to enjoy the show. There's a lot of announcements and things coming out that are in the works that I want to tell you about now, but I don't want to tell you about them prematurely. So subscribe, keep your ears peeled for those episodes coming, in addition to just a bunch of other fun movies that I'm having fun with as I'm figuring out what I'm doing now that it's just me here at the Basin Binge. So I'd appreciate your continual support. Uh, Follow me on social media and all the links. Enjoy the show. Download some other episodes. That's all for now. My name's Harrison. Ciao, ciao. Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.